record on this computer. We are live Hello. on Dr. Doctors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, we have to show the white thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank. It, yeah, it, make, it, it honestly makes color grading so much easier. Thanks. <laughs> no worries. I, um, yeah, so these tips and tricks that I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to learn as well for uh, if I ever get into video editing myself. So, um, what do you mean uh, if? It's when. When, true, true. When. when. You'll have to show me the ropes at some point. But uh, sure. Yeah. I have had such a long 24 hours personally. I was. I took an exam this morning for pediatrics. Oh, uh, I didn't know. How did it go? Obstetrics and gynecology. It it was it was a mixed bag. It was really uh, I was really shook after the exam because the part that I, ex I studied the most I failed horribly for, but then the other section that I I admittedly I didn't study nearly as much for I I, I pretty much aced. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly like gynecology went perfectly but then obstetrics i just shot myself <laughs> but it is it what happens it, yeah yeah <sighs> obstetrics is such a ball ache though um but they, well they, a vagina ache actually if you or, think yeah, about sorry, it vagina ache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah no i don't i don't do obgyn until next year and i do not envy you because i'm not looking forward to it at all I oh. just really underestimated the obs. I mean, I mean, obs. I, it was one that I was reading for a long time. I didn't study it until very recently, but I was reading it um, in one of my little textbooks that I've got here. Like I was just reading this little um, little textbook for obstetrics. And I mean, compared to Gray's, it is pretty small. And for obstetrics, <laughs> I think it's actually too small. Um, but it's not. It's not. I don't think it's a good one to study from. But it's nice to read about obstetrics and like the the, the job itself. But then um, study wise, I kind of didn't do that until too late. Um, so I think I shot myself in the foot there. Plus, the professor that we have is a like she wants you to basically be have the knowledge of like a special exam to to pass that exam. She's one of those. So you live and learn, but uh, the nice thing is some of our professors, if you fail an exam, they'll ask you the exact same question next time. So hopefully, hopefully. Oh, that's, well. that's, that's interesting. I've seen some professors do that. And I don't know if it's like a good method or a bad method, right? Because if you think about it, you can be like, okay, I failed on that. Like, the, because for some of our subjects, they write down what they asked you the last time. Not every professor does that, but they might be like, okay, you probably studied this because you failed it the last time. I'm going to ask you something else. Or they might feel like you failed it the last time. So I would be in that mindset like, okay, I failed you once for this as well already. I, I understand that as a student, you're probably going to study that. But even if you don't, uh, I know you didn't know in the first place. So I'm going to ask you something <laughs> else. Okay. But even with this exam, like, um, I don't know what the profs, like they, so some profs have this um, mentality of asking you what kind of speci speciality you want to go into after you graduate. So I didn't know, but I told both of them that I wanted, uh, I'm doing a thesis in infectious diseases. And both of them asked me infectious diseases uh, cases. So that seemed to be part of the course for every single other student. So if you know that prior to going into that exam, you just say whatever bullshit you want. You study one part of their <laughs> like, uh, course material and then you're set. You don't have to learn the rest of it as long as you learn that one section. So that is what well, is kind of. See, you know, uh, the thing is, like, I always tell people that oral exams aren't that 
bad to be afraid of because like you can't control it but you can definitely hint at the way you want the conversation to go like last semester I sat pathology and for pathology like pathology one I prepared alcohol really well like everything to do with alcohol I, I don't know why but I just did and my friends were like but you know the chances of you getting asked that are really low and I'm like I don't know I'm gonna tell the professor that I'm from Ireland and hopefully she'll make like some connection and so I sit down to do the exam and the professor's like so where are you from and I'm like oh I'm from Ireland and she's like oh why did you come to Italy and I was like oh you know I just thought the culture would be here better and in Ireland they drank a lot and you know blah 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 and I just made this like really like terrible thing about drinking a lot in Ireland and she was like oh you know that's a great place to start let's talk about the pathologies of alcohol <laughs> <laughs> like all of my friends who knew what I did were just like you're a fucking asshole <laughs> I mean, some professors well, will, will know what you're doing, though, and they'll be like, mm, not today, not today, motherfucker, I'm going to ask you, like... I mean, look, I still got a 30, which is the highest grade, so chances are, like, whatever she asked me, I was going to know a little bit on, but it, it, I think it does make a huge difference, especially mentally to you, when you start on something you're confident about. True, true, true. Like, um, I've, seen, I've seen students who, who, who I've studied with for an exam, who, who I know know their shit, and then the exam starts on the wrong foot, and they completely bottle the rest. Like, they're uh, so frazzled and in the head about that one mistake. That classic. The, the material. Yeah, uh, and it, it happens to me sometimes as well. Um, and it's such an odd thing. Like, you go into that exam confident that you could at least get a pass because you know the, materi the material well enough to get a pass, and then you completely shit the bed and yeah. you know though I've, I've seen uh one or two students like not very often I would say quite rarely but I've had a I've seen someone be like professor like I'm really sorry I definitely studied I'm just like feeling a bit um overwhelmed would you mind if I just took a five minute walk outside like I won't take my notes like you'll see me and the professor is like yeah no problem like I'll get a bottle of water and the person like just went outside like like paced a little bit and came back in and finished the exam and to be fair, like, I think it's not a problem for the professor because it's not like you're suddenly going to like magically learn a massive topic in five minutes of walking. Do you know what I mean? Like you kind of need to know your shit, but I think it's like a good way to kind of like tranquilo, <laughs> like relax. I mean, I've, I personally asked for like just a un attimo, just like, okay, I'm a bit, can I just take a breather and then re-compose uh, myself? but to like step away and actually walk away like some professors that we have if you just take a five second pause in answering a question they're like oof yeah. oof that's a fail right there so i don't I, know why though like, this is one of the things I, that i just don't like about oral examinations is it like professors hate to hear it as well it's it just depends on the professor and the way the they day. and it, it, they hate to hear it because they hate to feel like um you know that they're not professional enough to maintain that kind of standard for all students at all times that they're conducting oral exams but you're a human at the end of the day you wake up on the wrong side of the bed sometimes and it can't be helped you take it out on other people um and i've definitely seen some uh, some <laughs> some professors take it out on particular students that were pretty atrocious oh. during this semester as well so that's one of the things i really don't like about the standardization of oral examinations you know that's you can't standardize it i mean the thing is like you can you can make so many arguments for oral exams and against oral exams usually when i tell people that all of my exams are oral they're quite shocked and horrified like the thing is though um 
you know, like when you really look into learning and examining someone on learning, like, I don't know if you've heard of the Feynman technique and what, like when people say, if you can explain a topic well, that shows that you know it, right? Or if you want to like study properly, you should try to explain it to like a five-year-old or whatever, yeah. because if you can simplify it enough, it really shows that you deeply understand the issue. So like, I think oral exams are really, really great for understanding how much someone knows because at that stage, like also because, okay, so when, when I looked at like learning and uh, examining and things like that, like the science behind it, it shows that like when you set a multiple choice question or you have the question stem, the recollection from that helps you remember a little bit mm. and you can kind of regurgitate information based on that. Or like process um, information and uh, like get rid of at least the wrong answers. Yeah, yeah. So like you can be strategic in a written exam or even if you don't know, like you can kind of guess and perhaps get a pass. But mm. to be able to actually recall that information with no like hints, I guess, like not hint, but like, you know, seeing the words together, you can be like, oh yeah, like I kind of remember that. Like without hints, like that is true uh, memorization. Like that's when you really know that you know it, but being able to explain it in simple enough and basic terms and tie it to other concepts, that shows like, depth of knowledge and depth of understanding especially mm -hmm. like so i do think oral exams are the best way to assess someone's understanding however they're less than ideal because they are subjective no matter what like no matter what you do they will always be subjective you can't, you can't eliminate that that part of it though that's no. that's you can i'm you can frame take it like this okay you can you can forego even the multiple choice aspects of examinations and have open questions of clinical cases and have the exact same testing format for just like short essays as you would in oral examinations. Yes, it takes longer and it's more time intensive for the professor, but it also takes out that subjectivity. You have written proof of what you've put down on paper for your reasoning and your diagnostic algorithm and and all these other things that you're assessed on in an oral examination but without that subjective human element of oh I don't like the way they said this thing even though they did say the right thing or um like an example today um someone was mentioning c-sections and talking about transverse versus and horizontal c-sections and they mentioned the increased risks of vertical uh c-sections for further complications in uh, secondary uh, second pregnancies or pregnancies thereafter and that's well documented but the 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 prof didn't like the way that the the student said it um because it wasn't in the slides that she had presented or he he said it in a in a different way in which was, uh, was presented in her slides and her lectures bear in mind she never gave us a lecture she she only gave us her slides because covid and that kind of thing, if you were to write it down in a short essay answer for that kind of examination, you can't escape the fact that it's been said. Um, and, you know, you can always cross-reference it after the fact to state that it's in the literature. You can't give me a bad mark because of it, because it is a known, well-documented, peer-reviewed fact that this, that, and the other. So if there was just a way to remove the subjectivity of... Uh, or like examinations or even just having kind of a standardization of them I think then I'll be all for them but until you have that aspect removed uh, it's not going to be viable in my opinion and I've done them for six years so I'm not really um, in a place to kind of shot, shoot them down because you do get used to them and you do get you just sometimes you just take, take the bullet as well like 
you prepare your ass off, but you know you're not going to, and you prepare your ass off, and with anyone else, you would get like a 28 or a 29, and then in the end, you get a 22, but you're like, do I really want to do this 20-minute oral again just to try and raise a 22 to like a 23 when I know this professor is not going to give anyone higher than that? It's, I don't know, that's, 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 it's almost like you're gambling with, kids futures at that point you know when you don't give an a mark here or there and that i don't really agree with because it isn't standardized and if it changes so much from one sitting to the next then i mean okay so like yeah i get what you're saying like i've definitely seen professors being good and bad moods but i do know also i mean i know again like the system isn't ideal but I do know that like for our oral exams, you have to have at least one witness in the room. Like even when we were doing it on Zoom uh, yeah. and there was like only one student would show up, they would have to wait for another professor to show up just because like you have to have a witness that like nothing bad was going on. There was like no bullying or whatever else you wanna, you wanna call it. But also too, <clears throat> we have a system in Sapienza where we have one person who basically like conveys all the grievances of the course to the course president. And the course president tries to do something about that. And actually recently, um, something was raised about our immunology exam, that it was almost impossibly difficult. And like the level of detail that you needed to know, they weren't clear. And like, this was like a pain topic for like 99% of students, right? And so the course president acknowledged this and then now has gone to one-to-one -to -one meetings with the immunology professors. And they're trying to like, assess if the difficulty like is a problem or if they're not clear in their syllabus and like again the system is never ideal and people have to suffer before it's fixed but I do think there is a way to improve on it like again I'm not saying oral exams are the best way there's something that definitely something that I've only recently been getting used to and it's still incredibly anxiety inducing mm -hmm. but I also think that it comes to a stage where like you just have to take the positives and like, again, you know, because like I stream all the time, right? And people are like, when, whenever they ask me a question and I explain the physiology behind it or whatever, the medical behind it, they're like, whoa, you're like, that was so good. Like, how do you remember that? How did you explain that? You're going to be a great teacher. And I'm like, no, it's just because I have oral exams and that's how I had to explain it in the exam. And it kind of like gives me confidence to know that like when I do become a doctor, I'm going to be able to explain these pathologies to patients in a very like understandable and concise and like well-structured way because my exams now require me to do it that way. True, true. Like, like in the example you gave, like, obviously you're not going to mention to a patient like, oh, this is a meta-analysis and like, this was peer reviewed and this is a known fact, but you could be like, uh, you know, if they're like doing informed consent and they might, I don't know if they can choose, I haven't done OBGYN yet, but you can be like, so we have documented risk that if you go with this option, it might create this in the future. However, this, like you can still give that information in a well-presented way. And I think oral exams prepare you Great for that. Yes, buddy. No, you 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 are completely actually. <laughs> Let me Sorry. see. Mr. Chunks complaining again as always. Okay. Sorry. Go on. I'm just very distracted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This cat, honestly. Hey, buddy. Okay. How old he is? Uh, the vet said that he's probably around twelve years old. Just look a bit yeah. old. He's very old. He's so old. I think he's senile, actually. Like, this is going to sound really weird. I, I don't know if cats can get Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever, but I actually do think he has a bit of dementia. 
Um, cause like he, he absolutely loves me. We have days where like, he won't get off me. He won't like, he, he will, won't stop meowing until I pick him up. And then the next day I'll stand up and he's like trying to run away from me so fast that he hits into doors and furniture or like, he'll be sitting on my lap and then suddenly like he attacks my arm. Like, I, I think that's just being a cat to be honest. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. Cause I have cats in Ireland, you know, mm. and they're really not like this. Like this is so like flip flop. I don't know. Maybe it's I don't just know. a particular uh, personality. Yeah, maybe. Like so, so you're a cat person, not a dog person. Huh? Well, uh, I'm a city person, which means that being a dog person is difficult. True, true. Like if I had a dog, I could never like leave and go to the hospital for like eight, nine hours a day. Like, because, you know, especially if there was no COVID, I would have to start hospital at like 8 a.m. and we have lectures till 7 p.m. Like Mr. Chonks, if I gave him food, would not even notice I'm gone, probably. But like a <laughs> dog, you a dog, you can't you can't leave a dog in a small apartment like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. He's pretty good. It I think it's I think it was a weird responsibility getting a pet in medical school. I don't know if I would recommend it to it's something that a lot of at least I've seen a lot of people here do though, especially with cats and small dogs. Um, and in some cases, rabbits as well. Rabbits? Yeah, rabbits. Um, okay. Which actually isn't too bad if, because you don't need to take them out for walks. You don't need to really, I mean, you can let them out around the house when you're back and they only need about, about if I remember correctly, one to two hours of exercise a day. And otherwise they just sleep, eat and shit. So... <laughs> Um, you don't need to take them for walks or uh, anything. So I think that's quite nice pets I have as well as maybe cats because they're quite low maintenance. Yeah. I mean, this cat is not low maintenance. But... <laughs> Very neatly. Oh, no, like it's even um, like I brush him every day and I give him good food because I was told that if I do this, he'll stop shedding as much. Okay. He sheds so, so much. I've tried three different kitty litters as well. And no matter what, he just wants to take it all over the house. Like no matter what, <laughs> like I've used different things. I've used different boxes and he just wants to take it all over the house. And I just like, I'm not a germaphobe or anything, but I do get like overwhelmed by clutter and dirt. And mm. um, like, I'm definitely not a tidy or neat person. Like I have to be really on top of it, but it's like so difficult. Like I've had to like started like hoovering every day and like, it's not terrible, but he's definitely not a, what I would call like a clean cat. Because mm -hmm. like, you do get some ha cats that don't, like some some breeds of cats, which just are known to be less prone to shedding, if I recall correctly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about cats. I try to <laughs> avoid them as much as possible. You don't like, like cats? It's not that I don't like cats. It's just I get very allergic, like, oh. like to the point where my eyes just can't stay open because they're constantly streaming. Oh. And my nose flares up and get this horrible itch to the back of my throat it's just very uncomfortable so I don't really fuck with cats too much to be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know I enjoy yeah. looking at him no he's he's definitely cute but uh like so when I was thinking about the responsibilities I was like okay like there's vet there's like getting his food there's get, like cleaning out the litter box every day like I was like okay these are all like absolutely fine tasks like I was so ready for the responsibility of that like knowing that my travel would be limited like I would have to find someone to stay in my house look after him etc I did not account for all of my trousers 
being destroyed from him digging his nails in because he has to sit on my lap all the time otherwise he meows and so like he like he you know he makes the biscuits yeah 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 and my trousers he does make the biscuits but like my trousers are destroyed this was this is like the most expensive piece of clothing that i own uh it was a gift from my friend in sweden uh made of full wool and it is destroyed destroyed like there's holes in it from him grabbing it there's like loose treads there's hair like and that was from one day like the first day I got him and I like the first day I picked him up and I didn't even think about it and literally within five hours it was like so yeah I don't I don't remember the story how did you how did you two meet because I I think it's a quite interesting story right (laughs) I like the way we went from Obijin to talking about cat I I wanted to make a very dirty joke but I'm not going to (laughs) actually there's uh, more tangents than you think because the reason I failed uh, OBGYN was toxoplasmic on die yeah yes my my obs exam turned into a veterinary exam and she failed me for not um realize not realizing but not regurgitating the fact that you know cats shit outside and, and cows eat grass and then you would have thought just women not eating deli meats or uncooked meat would be enough, but nope. No, 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 no. Anyway, oh, well, how did you guys meet? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But like infectious diseases and OBGYN, I'm surprised that Toxoplasma gondii wasn't like your number one. Like it was, but like that, yeah, I, I think it was a case of all flustered thing. That, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm only poking fun. Um, okay, so when I first came back from Turkey. I quarantined myself for two weeks. It wasn't necessary, but I just feel like a personal responsibility. So my friend uh, had to do my groceries. And when she brought the groceries back, she was like, you have to come down. You have to come, you have to come quick. And I went down and I saw this sack of lard. I don't know how else to describe him because he was so fat. Like I only got him like a month ago at this stage, but he was so fat. And he had like the biggest paws I've ever seen. And he was so friendly. He wouldn't stop meowing. He like instantly started like falling on our legs and feet, you know, to like rub up against it. Mm. And I just, I just fell in love. And then like, I thought about him for days. I talked on him stream being like, oh, I saw this cat. He was like the friendliest, fattest cat. He was so nice. And then everyone was like, you have to go find him again. You have to go find him again. So then for a a few days, I would go outside like searching for this cat. (laughs) Wow, I really have like crazy cat lady in the makings, like (laughs) definitely. And I couldn't. I couldn't find him and my friend was coming over for I can't remember what this was like a few weeks later and he starts blowing up my phone being like you have to come down I found a cat he's so cute and like I came running down and like I was so excited to finally see this cat again and I was like oh my god Michael like I've been looking for this cat for like weeks he's so cute and he was my friend Michael was like you should take him you should definitely keep him and we were like yeah because here the way it works is like there's like one woman who looks after a commune of cats like okay. in each neighborhood um there's like an assigned cat lady i guess well not officially but you like, know what i mean I was say officially that's pretty crazy <laughs> like, like officially yeah i get it but i i would say basically officially because i mean she microchips and neuters all the cats like all of the street cats yeah and i learned about it actually in italian class i mean the name isn't so nice um which is basically like cat lady but it is known that like older women like do tend to uh, like have a neighborhood of cats where they kind of take responsibility. It's like official, but like not, do you know nice. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I think it's nice. But so I was like, we can't take this cat. Like there's no way. Um, 
And I was like, you stay with him. I'm going to go inside and get some tuna and feed him. And maybe we can try to figure out what to do. And by the time I went outside and came, so I went inside and came out, uh, Michael was talking to this Italian lady and she was like, I know this cat's owner. Do you want to adopt him? And I was like, yes, <laughs> like I do. And she was like, okay. And then we exchanged numbers and the woman came to my house to do a house check and make sure that like my balcony was safe and then uh, captured him with food and brought him to my house. And yeah. So you spoke to, so, the, so Mr. Chunks had an owner beforehand? Not a real owner, like the cat lady, not the... Okay, okay. Ah, okay, the cat lady. So, so that's pretty That's pretty sweet. So it's basically like having a, um, a shelter for cats just on the street, just one, one lady looking after all the cats, and if you fancy one, you can take them home with you. Yeah, so like I had to do the house check and take him to the vet she came with me but the vet didn't charge me because they were both happy that I was taking him in I mean he's an, he apparently like he's been in this neighborhood for like 10 years um like that lady has been looking after him for 10 years I don't know why like maybe she has cats at home so couldn't take him mm. or something but they were both very very happy for me to take him in and I think it's because like he is an old cat you know like he's probably roughing it on the street yeah and he's so not I getting- think they younger so yeah it's to have a, a home for the rest of his for the rest of his days so is you know he a home cat now he doesn't go outside at all or he can't i live in an apartment like it, it would be very hard to let him out you know what's weird though today on stream because let me just plug it in just in case you don't know i do a study with me stream and <laughs> uh someone asked me if i'm gonna cry when he dies i was like what kind of a who asks that who the fuck asks that who thinks that and who asks that mm-hmm. but i realized that because he's so old it is probably going to happen within the next three or four years like i mean some cats live till 20. i guess he is a fighter yeah fighter and he's got you now so you know having a having a it's true it's true there's a, a, a significant thing for a cat as well i think Oh, look he loves me. He loves me when he's not attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> the nature of a cat, though, isn't it? Really? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, anyway, that was a very long-winded story. No, oh, it's a sweet story, though. I mean, it's not. Uh, I mean, the usual story of people getting cats is yeah, I went to the pet shop or I went to the pound or you know the shelter and I got a cat. But uh, you know, meeting a cat on the street, I at least in in the UK, I don't think it's that um that uh it doesn't happen that often. Here though in Rome, like I don't know how much you know about Rome, but uh cats in Rome are pretty famous and actually the place where Julius Caesar got killed, like stabbed to death, is a cat sanctuary now. <laughs> I did not know that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah, like where he got killed actually is a cat sanctuary. We don't have that many, uh, at least straight, not straight anything in the middle of uh, Milan. Um, but I know down south it's a bit more of a common occurrence to have like straight cats, straight dogs uh, just milling about, which I kind of miss. I miss having a bit of wildlife around me. I don't know. I don't, I don't miss wildlife at all. <laughs> no, I'm a country boy. I'm, I'm used to waking up to, to to birds in the morning and seeing cows on my way to school. See, that sounds so awful to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awful during the summer when I got hay fever, but that's about it. Otherwise, it was really chill, really tranquil, quite nice. 
Yeah, okay, I can I can see the whole tranquility thing, but for me, it's like a convenience thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm, like, mm. I bet like growing up, like you couldn't get to any of your friends' houses unless you had like a driver's license. Very right? true, very true. Right, <laughs> so you were dependent on your parents all the time and like, yeah. like you don't have that freedom to just get on a bus or, I mean, I just say that because before I moved to Italy, like when we moved back to Ireland, we weren't in the countryside, but we weren't in the city, like, you know what I mean? So it was just, it was just a pain in the ass. Like I hated it. Like also because I still don't have a license. I'm 26. So the, yes, I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a license when I can buy a Lamborghini. That's what I keep telling myself. No, uh, no, no, a, a Maserati. With that, stream, with that stream money, it might come sooner than you think. I know. Hey, hey, I made three euro today. Okay. It was a 14 hour stream and I made three euro. How dare you? <laughs> well, it's more than I made today. That's for sure. Stonks. Absolute stonks. 14 hours of work, three euro. Stonks. <laughs> like, <laughs> no regrets. Nobody. I'm actually uh, but, on the subjects of stocks. I, um, I've been trying to hedge my bets with, um, Moderna and Pfizer because I didn't think AstraZeneca would uh, pull out in this race of vaccines at all and then today um, their stocks shot up and I was like hmm, something's going on here and I checked the news and they've, uh, yeah, they've, 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 they've been actually successful in administering some of their uh, vaccines in the UK as well now so got to spend even more money to hedge my bets on these fucking pharmaceutical companies. Actually, I wanted to talk to you about this because you briefly mentioned that last time that you invested in, I think it was Moderna, right? Um, and you're the first person, like, so I want to invest money, but I have no money to invest right now. And from the little research I did about it, it was basically put it into index funds because they're cheap. You do it based on an algorithm. It takes care of itself. And Warren Buffett, you know, rich guy yeah. said it's good. So, you know, that's good. If it's good enough for Warren Buffett, it's good enough for me. You know yeah. what I mean? But you are actually the first person I know, like, like I say in person, but you know what I mean, mm. that actually invests. So what's up with like a doctor investing or like investing in general? Like, so for me, like I'm, I'm still very green, um, wet behind the ears with the whole things. I'm actually not investing large sums of money because I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to learn the ropes myself. So I don't want to like, I'm using a platform that does have a virtual, um, stock platform that you can just use fake money and then but but i know that if i was to use that platform i wouldn't really be that engaged i need to have some skin in the game to kind of keep me on track and on top of it all so i am um, the platform that i use uh you can invest small amounts of money um and just go that way but um my initial idea before going into stocks and whilst i was reading about um investment in general was indices as well because they do just you know they do go up and uh, the interest is, is sufficient enough throughout the uh, the year that you can make more um, money through interest by putting it into an index um, than you would say putting it into an ISA back home like a I can't remember what they're called um, what the uh, acronym is for but but there they give like anywhere between one to three percent per annum <clears throat> but in stocks if you're put it, if you're investing correctly you can make 10 percent per annum on what you invest especially in 2020 when stocks are so volatile like if i had made some investments that i wanted to back in march uh i would have made twice i would have made double my money by now on some of the things that i was looking at um so I think right now, if you're wishing to learn how to invest, it's not a really great time to learn because the market won't ever be like it is right now. 
but I mean there's always a good time to learn in general just now is a good time to make um, a bit of money especially on these vaccines because like Pfizer is a well-established pharmaceutical company uh, AstraZeneca is as well but that's a Moderna company is quite uh, new the this vaccine will be like their big selling product so they're quite um they're quite undervalued for their potential to grow so whilst it's like I, Tesla 20 years ago exactly and actually there's a Chinese Tesla that I've been um, uh talking to some of my friends about investing with uh called um, nio neo mm -hmm. that is set to be quite big as well so it's like tesla maybe seven or eight years ago right now um so hopefully in a couple of years that'll uh be a nice bit of return on investment but it's kind of true what do they say like looking at like the stocks that i've been looking at it's kind of true what they say about stocks only go up unless there's a huge recession or if a company bombs for the most part stocks do just tend to go up i don't know if like it tracks the um inflation rates or anything like that i've not really done the math because my math is kind of shit so i wouldn't ask me for math any is fake. <laughs> math is fake. i say this on stream all the time math is fake so is money dude like the whole bitcoin um phenomenon oh, i'm so sick of bitcoin <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm, I'm quite anti-establishmentarianist, so I, I love the idea of Bitcoin. I like the idea. I don't like that everyone is like, oh my God, have you heard of Bitcoin? I'm like, yeah, like 10 years ago, <laughs> like chill out. <laughs> and if you'd invested 10 years ago, I think you'd have that man. Don't even talk to me about it. Don't even, because you know what the worst part is? Maybe I just really hate it because I remember like, yeah, definitely like, no, like eight, eight, nine years ago, uh, my roommate <clears throat> was like, yo, like, there's this thing called Bitcoin and like you use your computer and like you mine for it and you can make a little bit and then it's going to like at the time I was I'm still too dumb to understand Bitcoin but it was like nine eight or nine years ago and to think that like if I had just done like a little bit from then to now like I would probably be rich like mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. rich rich I have, absolutely rich <laughs> exactly similar story one of my best friends growing up his brother um he did a uh, a bachelor's in neuroscience and now he's a doctor himself actually and he was mining bitcoin as well maybe 10 9 10 years ago himself and um, he cashed out pretty early he got like he cashed out when it was about a thousand pounds and if he had held on to it by now he would have been a millionaire yeah yeah it's like i do think about it like i we would have actually been rich if i had just listened to him because also at the time like i I, I think I was like 20, 20 at the time, or maybe, mm -hmm. no, so it wasn't 10 years ago, but like, I think I was like 19, yeah, 19 at the time. And I was working in PayPal and like, I had a huge salary and nothing to spend it on. Like, sure, I had rent, but like my disposable income was basically like 800, 900 euro a month that I could spend. Um, and I, and I, I pissed it away. Like, I'm, I'm so upset with myself that basically all of the time I worked in PayPal and Facebook, I did not make wise choices with my money at all. And it pisses me off to think that if I just listened to him and I had like any common sense and I had even invested like 100 euro a month into like mining more Bitcoin and whatever, that I could have been fucking loaded right now. <laughs> but I mean, Bitcoin was like, no one had ever seen it before ever. It was one of those kind of, it's, it, it could have almost been like fad at that point. Like there's not yeah. many people come up like that, that, you know, kind of stick around. Um, I know, but so I, it's... hindsight is 2020, right? So yeah, but I was just spending that money on like alcohol and other terrible things for me. Like, 
like that was actually that was such a dark time in my life like so so like I say dark but it really wasn't good like I definitely was developing what I would say like was a binge drinking problem I was eating out a lot I was 30 kilos heavier than I am now like it was yeah yeah it was no not wait not 30 let me think I was 85 kilos at my heaviest Jesus I don't think I've ever yeah I tried. yeah 85 and I think now I'm around like 65 66 at the moment and but the first time I lost weight I dropped down to 60 but like you know I so like the money I was spending was on fucking takeaway and alcohol and really bad things like it was like a really dark time I was playing League of Legends every day explains everything um So it's crazy to think that like if I had taken that money that was like just consumable that I didn't even really need to do and just invested it like it didn't even have to be Bitcoin like if I had just been like I'm going to put it into a savings account or I'm going to indices like you were saying before like you would have 10 percent of 20 years and also the thing is like when you work in tech companies like so when I was working in PayPal at the time we could buy eBay stocks at like a special price or something um so yeah, exactly. Do you see why I hate myself? Do you see? Like, I just made so many bad decisions. I mean, well, of course, like... It's a lesson, like, because now you have that mentality of, like, looking out oh. that you can... That, that are going to blow up. Because there's so much... There is so much um, on the internet these days, like, pl- platforms that you can invest in. Like, t- if, TikTok ever, if TikTok ever gets made public, I am jumping right on that. I don't know if it is actually public. No, I, not TikTok. TikTok's time is over. You reckon? You reckon? Because so, it was a it was a quick to expand bubble. I was always thinking whether it would be popping quickly, but it should have popped over the summer, actually. Uh, especially well, when the, the whole US thing, I thought as well, would pop it, but it it, it right. still passed that though. It did, but I'm still seeing reels exploding on Instagram. So, like, okay, now that you know, I'm becoming a a YouTuber. I'm a professional YouTuber now. I was really like studying the like the different social media algorithms and seeing if it would be worth like joining something like TikTok and you know growing an audience and then trying to carry it over to YouTube. And um, basically, from when I was reading it, this was also before like India banned it and stuff. YouTube was releasing Shorts, which, to be honest, as much as I love YouTube, it's a pants platform. Uh, like, it it just. It, <laughs> It's trying it's to do too thing. much. Yeah, but it's good at one thing, YouTube. It's good at one, well, two things now. But the short form, plat- it's not a short form, short form video platform like uh, buying like TikTok, no. like uh, Instagram at all. The story stuff that they introduced, I don't think it's for them. No, it's, I mean, I'm going to record, I'm going to do three shorts in December and put them out and see, like, I think you really just have to like fuck things at a wall and see what sticks. Like, <laughs> it's a very, like, I mean, the thing is, like, you, you can't be afraid of trying. I mean, the thing is, like, study streaming has changed my life, like, for the positive. And, like, I didn't go into it with a mentality of, okay, I'm going to stream and I'm going to build an audience and I'm going to do this. It was just, like, I'm desperate to do this. I'm enjoying it. Like, fuck it. Like, I'll try it. I'll see what happens. And it has been, like, life-changing, for sure. Like, for sure. Like, I, I know it sounds really lame, but I would never have started putting myself out there and creating content and like trying to help people a lot more in a virtual way, like not just being a doctor way, if I hadn't started study streaming. So like, I don't know, you just, I think you just really got to YOLO into things and like fuck things at the wall and see what sticks and work with it. Um, so I will be trying shorts, but sorry, this got off topic, but no, um, there is no topic. So I don't know if a few years ago you remember Snapchat, right? Oh yes. I was a fiend for Snapchat. 
Love to see okay, that. same. But the thing is, I was working in Facebook at the time when Snapchat was a thing. And I knew the Instagram people were cooking up something because they knew the whole like 24 uh, hour thing, the disappearing messages. So they experimented with on Messenger doing disappearing messages, but it didn't really stick. When Instagram, however, introduced stories, which they is changed. basically what, no, they sniped Snapchat. Snapchat they was gone, them. girl. They killed Yeah, them. absolutely. The only Filled. thing that I think has like kind of made Snapchat claw back is the filters, the face filters. And even you can do that on anything now. now. Yep, anything. Like Snapchat is as far as I'm concerned, is dead. It is dead. And yeah, I know it because like not even like young people now are using Snapchat anymore. Um, but so like knowing Instagram's history with basically killing anything that, you know, whatever. And I knew um i knew that they were starting reels as a way to compete with tiktok and knowing their success with snapchat what happened and what a platform it is and also like youtube doesn't really have broad appeal but like almost everyone has an instagram account mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i was kind of like considering that if i started doing reels because this was also like five six months ago when it was like all brand new that the algorithm was going to want to push it a lot, right? Because if you think about it, like, especially if TikTok went down, that, that market space was going to be open now. So both shorts and reels were going to have to compete for it. So obviously they wanted more people to start making them. So you get like a, what's called like a viral bump. Like the algorithm pushes it very, very heavily because it wants to grow as many possible people. It wants to get as many people into it. So like the algorithm heavily, heavily, heavily favors it. And the reason why I think TikTok is over is because uh, no tea, no shade to China, but the it has parts in its code, like this is like this private Israeli company, uh, security company founded, that it can actually download ghost apps to your phone. Yeah, yeah. It can look at the history of the apps you've downloaded and deleted, and like I'm not too much of a stickler for security. I should really be like more strict about it, but I think like being able to download ghost apps is mm. a big no-no in my mind is a huge no-no that's why i've never yeah. done the tiktok but i Same. but i i do know that that content creation side is a lot more sophisticated than in uh, instagrams for instance like their uh, their ability to just um <clears throat> create these viral videos because there is a formatted process to do so is not there on instagram yet at least that i've seen on the reels platform like you could like for instance you know that 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 whole there's there's like that blue line that comes down and like uh, as it goes down it makes oh, a picture yeah, I've seen it. and then there's all kinds of other different kind of paradigms like that that instagram does not have yet and as soon as they implement that it, it again like you said tiktok's game over but that issue that security issue is is a huge one but and correct me if I'm wrong, because you have worked at Facebook. It, I don't think it's something that Facebook isn't doing already. Not necessarily downloading ghost apps, but at least tracking. I know that they track each tab that you're on when you have it open on your laptop or on your phone and that kind of thing. I, They're also taking a lot of analytics that way. All, all, of this, all of the social media companies, like my, my, my soul is already sold. I have a Google Home. If I, if I turn off the mic and say, okay, Google, it tells me that my microphone is turned off. Like, <laughs> really? Yes. And uh, I need it. like, that's the thing. Like, I know it. I know that 
they're always listening but i don't know why but something about like being able to download stuff that without consent is yeah it's kind of different like at least i know like you know better the devil you know like i already know that like my google knows everything about me there, there's like a part in google i think if i remember correctly my friend showed me this years ago that you can go and like see what they know about you and like it even if you've never filled in the information, it can tell you your gender, your basic age group, like what you're likely studying to tailor your results to you. Mm -hmm. And sure, yeah, this is terrible. Facebook also the whole Cambridge Analytica thing, big shit show. Like it's no, it's 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 terrible. But I just like draw the, the line. The swaying of the elections and all of that. And oh yeah, I don't even want to think about that shit. But like I draw the line at downloading software I didn't consent to. Like, at least I'm, like, I, I'm being wronged, but I want to be, like, wronged with consent. Even for me, just, at least just the storage. I know these ghost apps probably aren't taking on much storage at all, but just my storage is very valuable to me. I, I, I've got a very small margin that I'm working with, and anything that's going to fuck that up is going to fuck my whole phone or laptop up um but yeah we should we should talk about your your time at paypal and facebook at some point oh god <laughs> i mean i think that's a subject for another day but that really uh, interests me because I, I i've never known anyone who's worked at a social media company before uh, let alone paypal as well uh being yeah fuck paypal <laughs> no offense but <laughs> paypal honestly like and papa musk or just paypal no PayPal, like working in PayPal was one of the most miserable experiences of my life. Like yeah, you I, period, you... no, it was like, I was in, I would say one of like the darkest depressions and I was there for like two years and it was bad. Like I, I think at a stage, like, I'm not saying I was doing this on purpose, but like at a stage I was showing up late all the time because I think I just wanted to be fired. Like, because I couldn't quit. And I just, hated working there so much you know they tracked you when you go to the bathroom like you have you had this like timing system on your computer where you always had to be on a status of like oh available or on scheduled break or lunch break because when you go in uh they had like this time management system that would tell you what time you're taking your breaks at Jeez. right so you might you might get a lunch at like 11 45 and then you might not get your next break until 5 p.m and then any time that you weren't at your computer was counted as an unscheduled break. So like if you had to go to the bathroom or whatever, like all of your bathroom breaks were unscheduled breaks. Um, and then you would have like a meeting with your manager once a week on a one-on-one. -on -one. And then they would be like, oh, like I see your adherence. Like that's the percentage they gave you to how well you stuck to your schedule of signing in on time, taking your breaks on time. Because like, let's say that you're on the phone to like a customer. Cause I started as customer service. I ended up in fraud, but I started in customer service. Um, if I was on the phone to a customer and my break started, but I didn't want to hang up on the customer, it would count against my adherence. And then I would get into trouble for it in my one-on-one. -on -one. And if you didn't meet- the job, you would get in trouble. Yeah. And then you had like these, these crazy targets where they wanted you to keep phone calls under five minutes, but still get like a nine rating to be able to get like your full salary. Like, well, a bonus they said, but like, you know, it's not like they were paying you that much that the bonus didn't make a huge difference. Do you know what I mean? But like, you, I, I just feel like you can't like rush good quality and like all of this uh, 
together and the tracking and the bad managers and the whole thing was just miserable. They had like one of the highest turnover rates I've ever heard of in a company. Like literally, like I would start with like, I think I started with like 20 people. And by the time I left, none of the original people, I think like two of the original people were there in that team. That is a terrible turnover rate. It was awful. It was one of the most awful experiences of my life, like for sure. <laughs> But yeah, I, I was in a finance, terrible place. Especially at a, even just customer service in general, I've heard is a, a horrible place to work. Horrible. No, I mean, yes. And it's really not easy when you're also dealing with people's money. Like, you know, I, yeah. I totally understand. Like no one wants to lose money. I get that. So you're already doing a hard job. You should not be making your employees' jobs even oh, harder. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I've had to speak to um, PayPal's fraud team once in my life. Um, but I've always found them. I mean, I, I never called them. It was the they had the online chat room thing at this point. Um, oh, okay. But they actually stayed with me for a long time. Like they they were they were on there for a long long time. Even though it wasn't um, like my I think my problem that got fixed about halfway through the conversation. But they stayed on there afterwards just to kind of. Uh, this was on text. Uh, yeah, like their online chat. Okay. Like they called it, what was it? The, oh, they had a really cringy name for it. The resolution room or something like this. The resolution. Oh, I love it. I love, I love <laughs> shit like that though. <laughs> I really love shit like that. Okay. So before I worked in PayPal, uh, when I was like 17, 18, my first part-time job was at this really dodgy gambling company. And yeah, so it was an online gambling company and they did, it was like in Turkey, but online gambling is illegal in Turkey. So they like routed it through Malta. And the company itself was in Ireland. Okay. Because it was, yeah, it was it was dodgy. But I was seventeen or eighteen, no work experience. I just moved out. Like I needed a job. And so there, the way they worked it is that you would have four conversations going at the same time. So individually, they weren't timed. You would just have to keep switching between the tabs and responding and being like, "Oh, I'm looking at your problem one minute," and then you would have to go to another uh, chat tab and talk there. So. I'm like, because they're usually not timed because you have multiple going, it's really nice to have one person who, like you get a breather from- Yeah, and then you go you know, back to the shit guy after that one and you like- Yeah, like you staying there meant that there was no new person. Not, not that I'm saying this is how it worked in PayPal because that was not a thing when I was there. But okay. I know that like, okay. yeah. Okay, okay yeah. yeah. So just having a bit of like a respite <laughs> between- there's these people are showering at you because uh, someone stole their money and you're the the the, the in-between guy the the gambling company that was that that was actually enjoyable I, I liked that a lot more than working in PayPal even though the work was a lot like dodgier I had no benefits and like I barely got paid properly but it was nice but wow, people, gamblers are intense. Like I got daily messages being like, please, like I lost all my money. If you don't give me my money back, I'm going to have to kill myself. Like really, like really intense shit. Um, but it was still nicer than working in PayPal, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> like, I know it sounds terrible, but like I really can't emphasize like how terrible my time in PayPal was. Like I was honestly suicidal. I was eating and drinking myself to death despite being only 19. Like that's such a sad thing to say. Like, it sounds like you're really exaggerating it, but I wasn't living at home. I was living by myself and I was literally like drinking like every day. I'm away from like living with your house, uh, family and stuff. Huh? Was it the first time you were living away from your family, like independent living? 
completely. I think it was like my second year or something. Because huh. um, I moved out like relatively young. Like I think I was like 17 and a half, 18. I can't remember. And this was when I was like 19. But yeah, like I like ballooned on weight. Like I was spending all of my money on takeaway. And uh, like, you know, I was just having like four or five beers a day. That's a lot. But like, because also your tolerance goes up, you don't really realize it. And I was like, oh, whatever, I'm young. Like calories as well, especially with beer. So bloating and ugh. yeah no it was it was awful and uh like the playing league every day like you know it I'm was so cool having got into this game because it seems so addictive there's a, there's, the a <laughs> there's an online gaming group in milan um just for students and all they do is play league of legends i love league of no legends. shame but it's, it's it's a crazy addictive game did it's you so play books as well or just like uh, league Long. did i play what sorry dota no i didn't play dota it's it's always like the league people versus dota 2 versus han but uh i'm not hard of what what's this one i think it's like heroes of this no maybe it's like heroes of the storm it's blizzard's version of um a moba basically but yeah like i was addicted to league of legends and honestly like i think it was just it was all like a form of escapism. I was just really unhappy with myself. All my friends went to, oh, I, that was another thing. Like I really wanted to be a doctor. I didn't get into medicine and I was working these jobs and like all of my friends were off in university and like, you know, it was cool, sure, working in PayPal at 19, but like there was also a very like unfulfilling, depressing fact to it. And the fact that they were like tracking when I went to the bathroom, like honestly, like I don't want to get like gross, but there was a week where my manager was like, Sarah, like, you took like one hour uh of unscheduled breaks in the last four days and I was like I'm on my period man like I'm sorry but like I'm really it's a really heavy week like sometimes it happens like it does you know like th these things are uncontrollable and I was like I'm sorry like I'm struggling with cramps um for those of you who don't know but uh cramps can give you diarrhea so I was having like bathroom problems and I was like yeah and he was like okay but like can you not plan for it and I'm like no <laughs> like I, I, I and okay so this is sorry this this is gonna turn into like so many stories but it's really funny because this manager Philip if, if you're ever watching this I hate you you fucking ruined my life but also <laughs> fuck you, uh, yeah fuck you Philip <laughs> but also when when I was working in Facebook and I was applying to different jobs uh I applied for a job in Twitter and I got to the last round and they asked me about my time in PayPal and I started talking. They were like, oh, something, something. But I started talking about the manager and <laughs> saying that like, I felt he was like really inexperienced. Um, I don't think he like led the team well. And I, because I can't remember what it was, but I think they were talking how I did like progress in PayPal, but not as much as I did in Facebook or something like that. I can't remember the question. And I just said that basically that like in PayPal, I had a really inexperienced manager. Like, I don't think he knew how to work to people's strengths and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, like, who was it? And I was like, oh, Philip, whatever. And she was like, oh, I actually know Philip. And I'm like, Philip was a terrible manager. And she was like, Philip's a personal friend. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, oh, I learned such a hard lesson that day. And I came out and I told my mentor who worked in uh, Facebook that what had happened and he was like you're not going to get that job why would you talk shit about someone and I was like I was just being honest like I was being transparent and honest and he was like never do that <laughs> never <laughs> never never put down like someone else and my purpose wasn't to put down Philip like I just wanted to uh show the issue I mean transparently just, like you're just being honest the 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 
they shouldn't be asking a question that they're not prepared to have the answer to really. I mean, it's not necessarily that's not why I got the job. Like, I know that it was between me I and mean, one other. No, I mean. but like, it was between me and one other candidate because also in tech, uh, interviews run for like six weeks. There's like six stages. You have to do like phone parts. You have to do tests. You have to do like in, per like in person is the last one. And usually you have to do three back-to-back -back ones. Like it's a very, very, very long process. You need to and, do that from med school. Yeah. And I know that it was between me and one other guy. And I think the other guy had a degree and he also had like more experience. Obviously, like I was 21 applying for this job and I'm pretty sure the other guy was like in his thirties. They told me a bit about him, but mm. like, I'm, I don't want to say that's not why I got, that's why I didn't get the job. But like, I learned a very hard lesson to compliment people behind their backs. Like that is a, that was a very good life lesson I learned to Just do always what you do to get that Except job. Philip, fuck you. I hate you. You're going to be in your uh, clinics one day and he's going to walk in and you're going to be like, Oh, he was the worst, honestly, but he wasn't experienced. Now, looking back on it, of course, I was a hot-headed 19-year-old. I wouldn't have wanted to deal with me, still a teenager. Um, I'm still a anyway. 29-year-old, 29, 20, 20, 29, 28, 28. <laughs> You're getting old, son. Yeah, for real. I'm feeling it in my bones, even. I'm getting these yeah. pains in the morning that weren't there last year. Shit is progressing quickly, yo. Not. <laughs> I keep I keep saying it's 24, 25, and it's all downhill from there. Like 24 is peak. 23, 24 peak. After that, it's just <laughs> make it stop. <laughs> make it stop, please. I want to get off this ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. The other day on stream, someone was like, Sarah, Elon Musk discovered aliens. And I was like, thank fuck. Like, please end us. <laughs> like, please just... Wait, he has. Is this confirmed? <laughs> No, I don't know. I, I get weird for that day. I'm waiting for the day that we finally meet um, extraterrestrials. That's going to be... That's all I want to stay alive for. That's that's all I need. And then I can go. I'm all good. It's a, oh, it's a loud ambulance. Um, for me, like... <clears throat> no, I don't care. <laughs> I, <laughs> I kind of want to be an astronaut, but not because aliens, just because I want to leave this fucking Earth. Like, I, I just want to leave this fucking planet. So, like, okay. I'm so done. If, if SpaceX was to come to you tomorrow and be like, hey, we got this project for SpaceX, we're going to send some people to Mars, but you got to stay there for the rest of your life because there's no guaranteed way of getting you back. Would you go? Can I still YouTube and stream? <laughs> I think your stream account would boost if you were streaming on Mars done it's it's can i take mr chunks i forgot that i have a child now it's hard being a single mother i can't just make decisions for myself anymore but yeah like i mean yeah why not honestly um would you not if you asked me like last year i'd been like yeah fucking sign me up i'm good let's go i don't know now i would miss greenery I would miss the oh, things in life. No, I, I don't know. Stupid country people. <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> oh, good old grass, you know. But I don't know. Have you ever seen this um, uh, this TV show, a fantastic TV show based on a book called uh, The Expanse? People have told me to watch it, I think. Is it's it on Amazon? Is it um, Amazon's yeah, Bezos actually um, personally bought it because he loved the series so much that he wanted yeah, it. Yeah. it got cancelled and he, he, he was like, I'm buying this because I want to see more of it. Um, 
but it's wonderful it's a really it's set in a no spoilers but it's set in a human's future where we've colonized the solar planet a uh, solar planet solar system fucking words um but there's conflicts with like so so we sent humans to go terraform mars and we also sent humans into the asteroid belt <clears throat> the inner asteroid belt to go mine uh, resources there and it's about the inner conflicts between those three main parties but then you know, uh, interstellar travel and some some other things uh, happening, and it's really well done. Like the physics behind it is really good. Like, um, not so much science fiction, but almost science fact to 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 uh, to an extent. And the way that the whole thing is um, um, kind of trying to stay true to to science is really I I don't know. Like I love Star Trek. I'm a big uh, I'm a big Trekkie. Um, but the, the main problem with me is just the over-exaggeration of the science fiction, but The Expanse tries to keep it kind of accurate to that time frame of this, okay, not having any kind of warp technology, just like riding these rust buckets around the solar system, trying to get shit done. And then the inner conflicts between, you know, Earth and Mars, and then the peasants and the asteroid belt is just beautifully well done because even though we get to that stage in our evolution, shit don't change. And we're still fucking hating everything about one another, even though we've come so far. And I just, if you give it, if you, if you ever have a minute to watch it, I would highly suggest you do so. It's oh. fantastic. No, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll check it out. I mean, I have heard about it. Um, I feel like I was going to say something. I don't remember what, but I mean, I don't know, man. I like, have you ever heard the phrase that like we were born uh, too late to, uh, to explore yeah. the world, but like born too early to explore space? It's a bank me in that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I don't know, like, I don't really feel like I missed out that much. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm a woman and I knew that like world exploring probably would have been super dangerous for me back in the day. Or <laughs> also, as a brown guy, probably a bit dangerous. True. Too. Also, also. Oh, I God. Minorities. Like if I was if I was to go back in time, the number one thing I would want to do is to try and like impart my future knowledge on people of the past. But then when I think about right. it, I'm, that's mm. that's against the rules of time travel. Yeah, but fuck. You time know travel. the rules. No, you know the fucking I'm rules. You can't do that. Splitting off from that timeline no, and I'm becoming the, the king of knowledge. I'm going to become the new Albert Einstein. Or they're going to behead you <laughs> for being a witch. More like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this man is talking some bullshit. Let's fuck him up. <laughs> yeah, you, you're just going to be put into an asylum, which back then was probably like being beaten by snakes or who, who knows what else, like terrible stuff for being oh, mentally ill. Electric impulsive therapy. I mean, how far back are we talking? Because I'm thinking like dark ages, like middle ages, like, you know. Oh, I was thinking maybe 1800s, 1700s. Okay, that's definitely like later than I was thinking for sure. Yeah, if I went back that far, definitely not surviving a day. <laughs> no, sorry, not in, not in Europe. Yeah. Although, I mean, my history is really bad. Ask it, my say, history is fucking We're awful. doctors, not historians. Fuck history. <laughs> well, they say 80% uh, of a diagnosis can be made on a good history. A medical history from like the last 10 years not from not like okay depending on age of patients so your last, ancestors like, hmm. yeah. not aunt, family okay familial ancestors that's different like i don't need to know your great 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 granddad had fucking gout to be able to <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. 
yeah, you have to come into the clinic with a 23 and me fucking <laughs> receipt. I, I got one of those. You did? What did it say? Ah, oh, it was honestly like, I'm glad it was a gift because if I had paid for it, I would have been so disappointed. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like uh, $150. They're pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, and it basically just told me that like, I'm half Irish and half like Turkish Greek, whatever. I mean, I knew this, but the funny thing is it makes you fill out a bunch of information, like however much you know about your family history. So like how much of it is coming from your spit and how much of it is coming from like a strap? Like, you know what I mean? Like I had to give it so many, so much information. It was like, you told me nothing new. I guess 5% Italian. That was interesting. It makes sense why I hate myself. No, I'm just kidding. I love it. <laughs> um, 25% though. I mean, could be worse. <laughs> I am. Um, I mean, I tried, I mean, before I came onto this course, I was really into trying to do, um, having like one of those find myself moments. So I was trying to find, like build a family tree because my family history, at least maybe two generations into the past is not that clear. And I have no idea what the fuck is going on on like either side of my family. So I was trying to build this family tree and trying to document like <clears throat> where people were at certain times and what have you. So there's this site called ancest uh, ancestry.com. And I signed up for it for the free, free trial because they were like, if you live in the UK, doesn't matter who you are, if you put in some names of your your uh, relatives and uh, any deceased relatives, we'll be able to find you and find you know your your history. So I did this, and not one single hit for any of my family. Um, <laughs> and I think it's just pretty much geared towards British people only, you know. So. Um, so then I had to go around and just ask all these relatives who I don't speak to at all about um, their moms and their dads. And it was quite a nice experience in some parts and then other parts I was like, okay, I just want the information. I don't want you to come over for Christmas. You don't need to send me birthday cards or anything like that. I'm good, We're, this is all we need to do. <laughs> good. But yeah, I um, don't know where I was going with this. Fuck 23 and me, Fine. I guess. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh this is the worst I, I like the way like we're you know this podcast has mostly turned into being like fuck this person fuck this thing like fuck everything uh such such potty mouth, like. i guess oh the struggle um I, I i still get emails from like random people being like because also on 23 and me like you if you're kind of like related you have the option that you can send a one one of those people a message so like once in a while i still get emails being like hi sarah you're like my cousin 34 times removed and i'm trying to build a like uh family history or like whatever uh do you have any cousins and i'm like bro like <laughs> it's it's not even like where it could be like even just close enough it's like always like seven generations or something insane do you know mm -hmm. like I, I, like at 15 generations we might as well be at adam and eve as far as that like, yeah, true. <laughs> like i think yeah there's no uh there's no need to be contacting those people i barely talk to my own cousins let alone people who are 15 times removed i don't even remember but yeah i i mean i think like as a doctor like family history super important like understanding someone's family history and definitely now that uh like recently i had like a autoimmune scare like they're testing me for for possibly having an autoimmune condition and uh, yeah because i got the weird like hand flare-up um 
And so now I have to get like an antibody assay done. And wow, I could not pronounce that. Um, but she asked me my family history and I was like, oh, my, grand my grandmother has these things. And then I just realized that like, as someone who knows the importance of taking family history and being frustrated when patients don't give you an income, when they don't give you a complete medical history and a familial history and a drug history, I was just sitting there like, <laughs> yeah yeah and then she was like are you on any drugs and I was like no oh no well <laughs> it was it was embarrassing and she was my professor as well yeah uh, I, uh they say though that docs make the worst patients they really do because I, I, I feel like I already know the problems that I have so I don't need to give all this information because I already know what the diagnosis is going to be but then that's such a stupid mindset to have because I'm only a sixth year medical student and that person has been in this job for longer than Decades. I've been alive. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they do say like doctors make the worst patients, but I think that's because like they know everything that could go wrong and they're not relaxed. And, you know, I mean, they also probably like for me personally, it's because I see how incompetent a lot of my colleagues are. I'll call them colleagues and how stupid most people are. So like mm. then when you're a patient, like, you know, that statistically, like some of them are going to have to be dumb AF and mistakes mm. can happen and things can go wrong. And it's horrible to hear. But I think that's why doctors make the worst patients, because they're aware of everything and they're not happy with like their tests that are being ordered or like medical care or like uh, pharmaceutical care, because they're like, they t I, I don't know. That's why I think for me, it was just because it was my negative IQ self with the professor being like, okay like what, what what's your uh what's your chief complaint and i was like hand <laughs> like, <laughs> like i should have been able to have a much more like technical conversation and have my like uh medication history and my familial history and you know other like uh pretty much like medical history and they were like okay do you have anything else and i was like oh no oh wait yeah my kidneys <laughs> like it's just it was dumb i mean fine as long as it gets fixed in the end that's all that that matters right <clears throat> yeah lessons lessons to be learned <laughs> this really scares me this point though i mean um there's so much you can miss as a doctor and we're gonna keep circling oh, back yeah. time and time and time again throughout this whole podcast um journey but i do not feel not prepared i just don't feel is adequate the word i'm yeah. looking for yeah competent maybe yeah competent is definitely yeah i'm definitely incompetent for sure <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't talk to... about yourself like that no it's the thing is i feel like i'm incompetent but i know that i have the capability to become competent yeah i just don't know whether i have the ability to put in that amount of work and dedicate that much because I know how much of my life is going to have to be dedicated to just be getting to competency level and it's really making me question whether I should be doing medicine after I graduate at all and actually no. surprised how many people on my course at this stage in the game are going through the same mentality that's crazy I think I think it's just like it's the last year <laughs> panics because I Until now, there there was like so much information being thrown at you, but it was kind of like low stakes. And now like once you graduate, it's high stakes. And I think everyone's just worried about that. I don't think it's like necessarily you're incompetent because you're obviously competent about learning. Um, 
you know, there's a minimum standard you have to pass, which you have been doing. And if you graduate, it is a sign of that. I, I just really think that like, I mean, again, I don't know, I'm not in sixth year yet, but I bet it is just feeling very like scared of the future and knowing. Responsibility is like very scary, <laughs> very scary. But we, we can talk about this another time because we, I think we've hit an hour now. Have we? we have, yeah. And, but I didn't uh, want to interrupt. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't want to destroy your computer again with another two hours. Oh, <laughs> well, don't but... talk to me about that. So why don't, why don't we actually uh, be super professional podcasters and mm. set a topic mm. for next week? Right, with the... Um... <clears throat> competency in medicine? Yeah, okay. We can talk about incompetency in medicine. And actually, yeah. actually I can, yeah, I can... I can talk about that because through through doing the UK Foundation program article that I was writing, there's a, a lot that I learned about this topic. So yeah, I, I will actually have something to say about that as well. <laughs> Man, look at us making progression. We came up with a podcast name. Now we know what we're doing next week. It's slowly getting there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> slowly, slowly. Progression over progression. No, perfection. Yes, I didn't know my own motto for a second. Progression but... over procrastination as well. It's also a good one. Sorry, I thought you were going with that, but no it's well on stream like i usually say progression over perfection because everyone's like how am i going to study 10 hours a day and be super focused and i'm like you're not like but it's literally impossible but like you can start at like one hour and then the mm. next day if you do an hour and a half that's like progress like if you keep going for perfect you're gonna fail like just start small like mm. don't don't get trapped into this but anyway we can talk about it another time okay Right. So, do we have, do we have a sign off? Do we have we need like we a? We don't gym. even have an intro. We we don't we didn't even introduce ourselves. No one knows who we are. Oh, We're just yeah. like, hi, hello, show your paper, color grading. <laughs> like, but I don't even think people know our names. Like we haven't even introduced our names. We really have. Did we in the first? Did we well, say in the we, first? Off? I think we. I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Oh, we can what, do it. This, uh, we shouldn't introduce ourselves at the end of the second episode. Maybe the start of the third episode. We can. Uh, <laughs> okay, next time. We can. We can aim for it. We can. However, we should probably add a stay. Okay, okay. This is getting too long, but we should probably like introduce a uh, pre-recorded intro and play yeah. that. Yeah. So that we don't have to mess up our names because that would be super embarrassing since we're not editing it. So it would have to stay in the recording. Okay. So <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Okay, he wants me to get off there because I, I I bet I've been talking for too long. And he's Mr. Chunks is the, is the captain of this ship. The boss. Okay, so I guess we're going to say bye. Yeah, and we will see each other next week. <laughs> <laughs>